do you think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. This is the labor where they wash up. Then we wash, wash up. I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me alone. She's from Missouri. She really means wash. I'm learning more and more. I know what I know. <laughs> they know I entered the ark. And they <laughs> I can't do this. Impressions. Hello. <laughs> I got the tomatoes. <laughs> Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel I have a hard time with condom, condiment, con. <laughs> Not condiments. She loves ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> so in genius. Geniuses. That's our southern accent coming in there, folks. I'm just a little black queen. <laughs> serious. My spirit, Bubba, what if I give you what you deserve? And a lot grateful. When you feel that, you know, where is God? Well, well, that's him. That's him showing his love. Yes, he's got, he's got all these people loving on you. Oh, you know, yeah. And like, as we ask and answer questions about the Bible, faith, God, and everything in between, welcome to So What Do You Think? Take a load off, get comfy, and stay a while. Hey, this is Robert. I am on the podcast myself this week. You would usually hear the sweet voice of Missy, but my sister, but she is taking a day off, a much, much needed day. She works very hard on this. So um, just want to go see if we can get through Genesis 2. We have been working on it for a while, and I believe we finished up, if I'm not mistaken, with Genesis 2, 8, and 9. And I just want to go through that real quick and I uh, just covered the, the two trees again and realized uh, what we were talking about. And then we'll move on to Genesis t- uh, 2, 10 through 14. But I'm going to try to finish up Genesis 2. So this is 2, 8, and 9. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. So we have to notice that there's two trees there. <clears throat> These two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, actually represent the two choices that we have through history. If you look at Scripture, uh, and I believe I mentioned this on the last podcast, but if you look through Scripture from uh, even this point forward, you will see these two trees interacting. Uh, the tree of life being the tree of salvation, and which leads through Jesus, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the law, and leads to death. So that's what we're looking at with the two trees. So now let's move on to Genesis chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. Now, this is, I'm going to read the scripture, and then I've got another scripture I want to read because the, uh, this is such a cool thing to see when you can see scripture that are so obviously, uh, connected. To one another, and one is in Genesis, and the other one is in Revelation, and we may have talked about this before too. But here we go, uh, Genesis two ten through fourteen. Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Avila, and there is gold. That the gold of that land is good. The Bedlam and the Oxen Stone are there as well. The name of the second river is Gihon. I believe that's it. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows around Assyria. And the fourth is Euphrates. So that's Genesis 2, 
10 through 14. And again, I think Missy and I covered this, but I wanted to do it again because of this, this in Revelation is just such a good uh, lock-in, <clears throat> a good uh, combination to this uh, Genesis scripture. So Genesis 22, verses 1 through 5. And he showed me a river. This is John talking, of course, because it's in Revelation. But anyway, and he showed me a river of the water of life. That's That's so good. Uh, sorry, and he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life. Go back to the scriptures before that. Uh, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There were no longer any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bond servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will have not have need of the light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. Now, you take this Revelation 22, 1 through 5, and you take this back to Genesis, not just what we were reading in uh, 2, 10 through 14, but just take it to the whole first chapter. And what you see in Revelation here is uh, what began in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, uh, whether it's the light, the, the, no light from the sun because the light comes from God. Uh, the Lord God, you know, there is no more night. All these things you'll see uh, back in, in Genesis and it's carried out through who, Revelation here. So let's keep going and uh, it's more of my notes. So we're in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Yes, I've moved from Revelation back to Genesis. Uh, why are you doing that, Robert? See, that was Missy asking me a question, so I'm going to go ahead and just say, <clears throat> uh, because I want to. Uh, so, oh, that's just, okay, that's a good idea. And by the way, you're so smart and handsome. Thank you, Missy. I appreciate that. <clears throat> so, here we go. Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and tend it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden... You may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For on that day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, first let me point out, <clears throat> before I read my notes here. Uh, <clears throat> so, the, the God is talking to Adam here. He's not talking to Adam and Eve. He has taken the man, Adam, and put him in the garden to tend it. And he said to him, don't eat from this tree. He didn't say, hey, Adam and Eve, don't eat from this tree. Now, this becomes important for a lot of different reasons throughout history. But for our purposes right now, I just wanted to point that out. That at this point, he's, God said, Adam, he didn't call him by name because there's really nobody else there at the time. But he said, Adam, do not eat from this tree because when you do, you will die. And he said this in a way that said that Adam was sure to understand that I should not eat from this tree. So here's the extra reading on this part. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the curse of sin. Now we've talked about this a little bit. The tree of life is salvation and eternal life with God. <clears throat> Notice, this is important, I think, too, uh, in a lot of aspects as you go through Scripture. Notice that God did not tell Adam not to eat from the tree of life. So when he gave the 
I believe that would be because Adam already had life at that time, as Yahweh himself had breathed his spirit into him. So, if you step back a little bit into Genesis that we read earlier, you will see that Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. And when God formed Adam from the dust of the ground, that's all he was, is the dust. There was no life in him. He was a physical form that had not taken on life yet. And I believe we've talked about in some of the earlier discussions about the book of Genesis, we talked about God standing over his still form and breathing life into him. And that that breath, that Yahweh breath, is the Spirit of God moving from God himself into man. That's where we come alive. We don't come alive because we're physically alive. Our life, the first Adam, was created from the ground. The second Adam, Jesus, we'll get into that later. Uh, so that's what I wanted to point out was that uh, uh, at that time, he did not say, don't go eat from the tree of life because Adam at that time already had life. So he did not have to. Now I'm going to read something from Galatians. This is a little extra stuff. So if you want to look it up later, because uh, I'm going to go kind of fast on it. So this is actually in Galatians 3, 10 through 14. For all who are of works of the law are under a curse. Now remember what we said, the law, when we're talking about uh, Genesis, is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I'm going to read that first sentence again. For all who are of works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of law to do them. Now the that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous one will live by faith. However, the law is not faith. On the contrary, the person who performs them will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. There is so much there. I'm not even going to, I'm just going to let you go back and read it yourself. That is just, and it feels right, it goes right into the Genesis that we're talking about with the tree of life and the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. So anyway, that is all I'm going to say about that. Let's move on to Genesis chapter 2. Verses 18 through 20. <clears throat> then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever he called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all of the livestock, to the birds of the sky, to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper suitable for him. Interestingly enough, this is the first time in the beginning, this is the first time that God said, it is not good. Remember, when he was creating, he kept saying, it is good. It is very good. But is this the first time he said it is not good? Adam is alive. 
Adam, I'm going to read it again. Adam is alive, breathed from uh, the breath of God, breathed into his lung, but not complete. Why would God create man incomplete? So that we would naturally be drawn to one another. Yahweh created us to be creators. He made us to relate to one another, to be fruitful and multiply. God made us to make others like ourselves. Also, there being two human, two humans follows the rest of his creative plan. Let me point out, too, that there's... Maybe we'll get into this a little bit more later, but when God created man and then created woman, the man and woman together in marriage makes one. Just as, again, his creative nature, he creates from the three-personhood of who he is. We are in our three-personhood ourselves, uh, and I'm not talking about schizophrenia. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Oh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, the idea of the of our body, our soul, and our spirit. Our spirit relates to God. Our soul is where we think and where we feel, and our body is where we operate inside the world in the in the world itself. We're taught from being from children to actually you know, live from the outside in so that we're taking the world and we're, we're reacting to it or we're, we're adapting to it or whatever we're doing. We're, we're doing it from the outside in so that we, when, and that's how we come to protect ourselves. That's how, how we come to put up masks and, and we hide who we are because we're, we're thinking that we're always being attacked from the outside in and that it's about us, our outside being, who we are physically and the pains we go through and the things that we, 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 you know, that we have happened to us. But that's not what God's called us to. He's created us to live from the inside out. And the reason we can do that is because He comes alive in us, not because we're already alive, because that's just not true. Until we accept Him, until He comes to live inside of us, until He changes us and we we become a different, a new creation. We can't live that way. We don't have the ability to do it. Only when he brings us back to life, and actually we become that uh, that mirror image of him, and we, you know, uh, where he's created us in his image. He's made us to be in his image. Well, that's from the spirit level. So we take that spirit level, and we, we want to live from the inside out, not from the outside in. The outside in creates fear. You live on the outside because you see things that are happening around you. And you look at it and you say, that's not good. It's going to hurt. From the inside out, though, it's about God. And in the middle of it is our soul where we think and we, we, you know, we feel and, and we, we, we have knowledge. And that knowledge is acceptance of the, who we are in Christ and who he's made us to be. And through his creative plan, he's made us to be co-creators with him. So he made us to make others. So that's where we get with the, uh, uh, when God's looking for a suitable helper. And by the way, I may repeat myself in some of the notes I've got here. So, cause this is really cool. This next thing is, I did not know this. And, uh, I know, I know. How come you didn't know something? Well, you know me, see, I don't know everything. I know you think I do. And, and mom says I'm the smartest of all the kids, but that's just, you know, I don't really know everything because I'm not a doctor. So this next part, 
I think has to do with a doctor. Oh, really? Well, you could have been a doctor if you'd have just gone to school. Wait, wait, wait. Let's stop with that because, you know, I didn't want to go to school to be a doctor. Um, anyway, so uh, here we go. So the next scripture is actually Genesis 2, 21 and 22. And it's this. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh at that place, and the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Okay, so there's so much here. That And it doesn't seem like there's a lot here. And those of you who are actually doctors, well, there's some that listen that might know the answer to these questions. Hey, hey, just let me finish first, Missy. Okay, I know, you know. Let me finish what I've got here, and then someone can correct us. And it's okay. Send us notes. Ask us questions. Whatever you want to do. But here it goes. So, let's... This is my notes, by the way. That's why it sounds this way. So, let's speculate for a moment. Why take a rib? Well... The ribs protect the heart that pumps life blood through the body, and the ribs protect the lungs, which brings oxygen into the body. Blood needs oxygen to be healthy. And let's not forget that God breathed into Adam's lungs when he created him. Here's a little twist. The system, this is kind of cool, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, someone. The system that produces red blood cells is called bone marrow. Guess where one of the highest producing areas of the body is? Oh, yes, you are correct. It's in the ribs, in that area. So what does this all mean? I'm not really sure. Yahweh took some of the most vital bones in Adam's body to create Eve. Was this to show Adam that Eve was vital for his very life or that Adam would see and know that we, he was not complete without Eve. Those are my notes. So basically I'm saying it, with the the ribs cover the, the lungs and the heart, those are the two. I mean, God breathes life into those lungs. The heart beats and pumps blood through the body. Um, so I'll let my notes stand. And if anyone wants to correct me on some of that, especially the part about the bone marrow and the high production and the ribs, that would be an interesting discussion. So, all right, let's move on to the next one, which is Genesis 2, 23 2 through 25. And I'm just going to say, we might actually finish. Wouldn't that be exciting? Oh, yes, it would. You've been dragging this out for months now. I don't know why you do this. You just keep talking and talking and talking. Missy, Missy, calm down, calm down. Gee, I don't know why you're yelling so much. You know, usually you're calm and stuff, but here we go. Missy, okay. Okay, hurry up. We don't have all day. By the way, okay, go ahead. I say, this is Genesis 2, 23 through 25. Then the man said, at last, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, but they were not ashamed. So, I, I, probably some of them I'm about to read, I just commented on in the last one, because this is really kind of a continuation of the last scriptures. Um, so here's my notes. So, what does this all mean? Oh, wait, I already said that. Uh, there are two truths that are present even today. One, they shall become one flesh. God's creative process is complete. Man is now complete with his wife and creative partner. Two, naked but were not ashamed is not about the lack of clothing, 
I'm going to read that again. Naked but were not ashamed is not about a lack of clothing, but about the fact that their nature had no sin. They were complete and had not sinned or did not have a sin nature at this point. They were not ashamed because they still had a relationship with God, the Creator, Yahweh. When I'm dropping, that's the end of my notes. So the, uh, at this point, Adam and Eve don't have a nature that's contrary to God. They are still in obedience. They're still in a perfect world. They're still in a perfect relationship uh, where they don't have uh, their nature is 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 not contrary to what God is doing. Uh, they have not disobeyed yet. They have not taken the reins away from God in order to become like God. Because you'll hear here in just a little while, and when we get into chapter three, where the serpent's words to Eve are actually. Well, did God really say that? Because, you know, what he really knows is that you're going to be like him if you take a bite from this piece of fruit. And Eve went, hmm, I did not hear God say that because, remember, God didn't say it to her. He said it to Adam. And Adam told her. So we'll get into all that later in chapter 3. I just want to say that, uh, thank goodness we finished chapter 2. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you were able finally to finish it. Oh my gosh, you just talk so much. Uh, anyway, uh, for those of you who know, that's not actually Missy. I know it sounds a lot like her, but it's not her because she's not really that mean. So I'm really being that mean. She's one of the sweetest people on the planet, actually. Um, and I'm sure that I'll catch a lot of uh, uh, crap about you know talk, doing her voice. And the fact that she sounds a little bit like Kermit the Frog, and I'm not really sure why she does, because, well, in real, real life she doesn't. So anyway, I am rambling. I just want to say that thank you for listening. Uh, we do at this point want to tell you that uh, the most important decision that you can make has to do with why Christ did what he did. The most important decision you can make, he did it for you, and that is to come into a relationship with him. This is not necessarily just about eternal life. You know, you'll go to a lot of churches and they'll tell you that there's um, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. That is true. Hell is a separation from, from God. It, it, is, it is something that none of us really should want to go to, but I think there's people in the world that are at some point going to make that decision. And not by not making a decision, you also make a decision. Um, that it does not is not contrary. The fact is, is that the uh, the he, he offers you the gift of uh, of uh, life, and it's eternal life. It's not life just in heaven in the future, which is our future, but it's eternal life here and now. It's to know that He's living in you and can and lives through you. It's to take away the fear of the unknown of this world and. Trade it in for an eternal God who not only knows the past and not only knows the present, but he also knows the future. It's him seeing who you are, by the way, and who I am. And he still loves us. The scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get better. Some churches will, some churches will tell you that you have to get better before you can come to him. And he says, no, the opposite's true. I want you just the way you are. I understand you 
just the way you are. I want you to know me just the way you are so that I can change you. He wants to live in us so that he can live through us. The best thing for us is him, and he knows that because he's God. So I'm just going to real quick prayer, and I ask you if you have never prayed this or if you know someone that hasn't prayed it, to uh, pass it on to them. And uh, let's uh, let's get them, you know, get to know God. Uh, here we go, Father. We love you, Father. I am a sinner. I know that you love me. I know that you want to change me. Please forgive me, and thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Amen. Now, as Missy says, um, every time we we do this each week, there's no magic in those words. This is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of the mind. Uh, It's not a matter of choosing what words you say and make sure you say them right. This is about you coming to accept who God is and let Him come live inside you. Let Him change you. If you've prayed that prayer, let us know. Uh, And we hope that uh, we hear from you very soon. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.